0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for, shall we say, try number two. Um, for uh, Apologies to everybody who tried to chime in this morning for the live stream. We had a bit of technical difficulty on my end with internet connection, which in 2021 seems a little bit odd. Nonetheless, issues have been resolved. We're back And many thanks to our guest, who was also super gracious enough to give this a second try. Jessica Hunt (laughs) is with me. Jessica, thank you for coming back to hang out with me and all of our listeners, our viewers. Uh, You're you're awesome for doing this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. I am glad that we figured out our technical difficulties because I'm really excited to chat today and jump in and kind of dive into a new topic with you.
0: Yes. And to that end, and this is something that we said in recording number one, um, but I'll say it again, too. And you you are so, and I said this to you off air as well, so everybody knows that I'm not like just kind of fluffing you up in front of the crowd. But you're super gracious and super kind, like in just just the most genuine way. And everybody needs to know that, too, because I think it's important, especially in the context of a conversation like we're going to have today, which is a little bit on the sensitive side. We're going to be talking not just about boudoir photography, but the topic of body shaming around boudoir photography. And you make what could be difficult conversations like this so much easier just because I I know your heart going into it. You're so genuinely kind and gracious. And I have to say that not only for your sake to compliment you, but also to (laughs) remind everybody listening in that when it comes to difficult conversations, which our culture is having a lot of these days, Mm -hmm. Those conversations are so much easier if we go in without our defenses up and in this kind of uh, combative mode. We open our hearts. We set aside assumptions and projections and look to just show kindness and have an open mind in conversation. I, I think and you're a great representation of that.
1: Well, thank you. I genuinely do try to keep my mind um, centered on the idea of like, I can always learn more. I can mm-hmm. always get better at something. I can always lean, learn something from someone else. And so I'm glad that that comes through in the way that I interact in the way that we've spoken, because that is how I like to operate basically through all parts of my life. Um, anyone can teach me anything um, unless you say something crazy. And I'm like, all right, no, <laughs> I know for sure that's not true. But yeah. I really do try to come in with a really open mind to kind because everyone has a different lived experience, and we all have something to share and offer. So, thank you for saying that. That is intentional. Woo-hoo.
0: It, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad. It, it means it really means a lot, though, because it does make. I mean, my job as a as an interviewer is it, it can be a little bit challenging. I have you know my my hands full just with the production, much less the conversation and making sure that not only that I guide the conversation in such a way that it's a value add to our listeners, but an occasion or during certain occasions, maybe we're going to go to a little bit difficult topic and I may ask a question or two that may at least get some ears to perk up a little bit. But at the end of the day, I think it's great. It's important that there is room for such conversation, such questions, as long as 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 long as it's done in the right spirit. And to your point, there's so much to be learned. I, I have learned so much, including through our conversation over the years. I've learned so much, especially in the last two, three, four years. And I think part of that is your very point the intention in keeping an open mind, realizing that there is so much to learn from other people that my singular life experience is quite limited. And uh, and having conversations like this can make such a big difference in growing as an individual. And as long as we all maintain that kind of an attitude or at least attempt to set ego aside, I, I think there's room for a lot of growth for everyone. And as a result, we can all connect much more effectively as well.
1: Absolutely. When this, in this page of the internet, I think we're so easily put in, like we get into our bubbles of like the same type of people we know, and we all believe the same things. And so you kind of, the algorithm kind of creates that for us. Yeah. And so it's so easy to get wrapped up in what you already know. And that's all you hear. And you're kind of insulated in that. Yeah. Um, and so it's lovely to be able to be on here with you guys, with the team, um, talking about some things that could be sensitive. And I think some things that will speak to some, hopefully some listeners hearts and some encourage them. Um, you know, maybe all of us to feel a little bit better about our bodies, um, by the end of our conversation here today. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, and I'm glad that you see that. Let's get some people out of their bubbles and maybe yeah. uh, break, break a few boundaries today.
0: hundred percent. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, let's just jump to conversation. And by the way, for everybody listening in, I, I think I may have alluded to it a little bit already, certainly in the, the first attempt at our conversation <laughs> today, but you were on the show almost three years ago, episode 143, and we'll link to it in the show notes at Book podcast.com but we we actually talked about the significance of inclusion and what would seem like an obvious significance of inclusion but spe- specifically in regards to wedding photography and we'll we'll link to that episode in the show notes so everybody can not only hear our conversation in regards to that particular topic but also get to know you a little bit because I I asked a a series of kind of introductory questions the way that I do here on the podcast most of the time and I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Today we're going to actually kind of just jump right into the main topic at hand. We are talking about boudoir photography. We're talking about this concept of body shaming as it relates to boudoir photography. But before we go there specifically, Jessica, I'm wondering if maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of context because boudoir photography has not always been a primary focus. You've you've kind of added that in the last few months. Talk about how that business model developed over the last few months, especially as it relates to COVID.
1: So I have been shooting kind of photo- boudoir photography and sessions for my different wedding clients over the past few years. Um, this is my ninth year shooting weddings and my seventh year full-time in business to give listeners a little bit of context. Um, and I have mainly almost always focused on weddings throughout that. Um, and... Within weddings, I found that I just like really love celebrating people and making them feel beautiful and seen. And so I started shooting boudoir sessions and that just kind of grew my passion for it. Um, And then 2020, March hit and it's COVID. Um, And while I had already kind of been toying around with the idea of trying to ramp up a boudoir side of my business, um, I didn't really at that time maybe think it was like necessary. um, But COVID has taught me, or being a small business owner, specifically a wedding photographer throughout the pandemic, has taught me a lot. Um, Not only about how to run a really great business and an ethical business that serves people in a really hard time, but also a lot about myself um, and what makes me feel safe. Um, And so I've already been really passionate about boudoir photography, um, but I was also searching a little bit for another business model that, one, could give me a little time off on the weekends um, and (laughs) Not, you know, on a Saturday, every single weekend, running around. Um, And also maybe a little bit of safety in the idea that boudoir does not require a large group of people to be able to meet and have a celebration, Um, which isn't something that I truly ever considered before COVID, kind of. Sure. And then the other side of why I'm so passionate about this is I went through a health journey and a weight loss journey um, throughout 2018, 2019, and lost about 60. um, Maybe that's not the right word. I um, shed of myself and gained more of myself, but lost about 50 or 60 pounds or so. And then the the pandemic hit and my gym closed. And um, I am someone that struggles sometimes with a lot of anxiety and depression and Throughout the pandemic, not leaving the house, not having a lot of activity, I experienced quite a bit of weight gain back from where I was. And I saw felt like I, was, I slid back from my current fitness level that I was really happy about. Sure. Um, and I started noticing myself feeling differently about myself and my own life even though I was the same woman and I had done all of that work still and all of that time in the gym and all of that discipline that I gained through that journey was still there. I'm still the same me, but I found myself feeling differently about myself simply because of the pound on the scale or um, this little extra role. Um, And so I was inspired kind of by my own personal rejection of I should feel just as confident as I did at that low weight where Mm. I was working out six days a week as Mm. I do right now, Mm. Um, because I deserve that. And my body deserves that. Um, I might've gained some weight, but my body worked really hard and I survived a pandemic. Um, and that's all my body needed to do last year. And so I was kind of moved myself to explore my own kind of self love and self body acceptance journey in myself. Um, and through that and learning about myself in that way, I immediately thought to myself, so many other people have to be feeling the same, same way, sure. especially around COVID. And like everyone's saying like the COVID weight or whatever you want to say. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that, you know, In some people have been able to, you know, keep up their fitness regimen and some people haven't and everyone's, you know, live in a different way. But I think I've experienced a lot of us maybe feeling a little bit differently about our bodies through this time, more aware of our bodies and how much work they do for us, especially when we're in a time where all of us, all we're talking about is health um, and how to protect yourself and things of that nature. And so I kind of went through a little bit of a journey for myself and I had my own boudoir photos taken, even though I had gained Mm. um, Um, about half of that weight that I had worked so hard um, to shed. And I allowed myself to love myself and I allowed myself to celebrate my body just as much as I would have when I was at a different um, space and fitness level. And feeling that experience is what really inspired me to begin this part of my brand, which is boudoir photos, but an experience that's built and curated to help walk people through exactly that of feeling like, everything in the world and everything in our media is telling me that I'm not enough or I'm to this or I'm not that. Mm-hmm. But you're perfect the way you are right now. You're gorgeous the way you are right now. And you deserve to be honored in intimate photographs no matter where you are in any level of a fitness journey. And so when I gave myself permission to do that and to love myself radically, I just wanted to start sharing that with other people and helping sure. them walk through that. Um, and so... Definitely encouraged by the pandemic and looking for a business model that felt a little bit more safe and maybe a little bit less weekend heavy, large event heavy, but also um, reflective of my own personal journey that I've been going through uh, throughout this kind of pandemic time, my own fitness journey and kind of really... um, feeling inspired by the idea that maybe I can help someone else feel the same way that I do and help navigate that as well. So that's kind of the two-sided prong of like, I am a practical business owner and I want to be safe with my money and like, you know, have like a retirement plan, but also... Definitely, really want to focus on um, helping all of us navigate something that's been probably really hard. I think for almost every, I'm sure anybody who has weathered any part of this pandemic has thought about their body in a different way or thought about their body more um, right now. So. Covid kind of helped all of that, but um, definitely going into the business
0: with a lot of intention and genuine um, empathy. I mean, empathy. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: a good word. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: I was I was watching. I was actually just commenting to Jill, who produces the podcast uh, and happens to be my girlfriend as well. But she she and I were talking today. I was I was telling her about this documentary that we had discussed previously, but I've been watching a little bit more of. It's on Netflix, and it's called Last Chance You and Mm. In The documentary highlights a a small school in LA, a a small community college, and kind of the the story around their basketball team and what this coach is doing to ultimately, in many ways, focus on instilling confidence in his players. And I was saying to her, it it inspired me to to want to go help, I say kids. I mean, I'm 41 now, right? So the idea of helping college students feels kind of like helping kids, whether it's high school students or college students or otherwise. But help them feel that, that feeling of confidence that this coach is obviously so focused on, on also trying to bring to them. Because I know what it's like, whether it was in sports or business or some area of my personal life, to lack that confidence. And if, if I had had somebody in my life at those various stages of my life to be, basically be a cheerleader, to, to encourage me to give strategic advice, but then also say, you know what? You've got this. I've got your back and, and go for it. I can only imagine how that would have affected me. And, mm. and the reason I bring this up is because what you're describing, in some ways, it seems very much related. It's, it's this, yeah. I've had this personal experience. I would love to help others avoid all the bad feelings that come with that experience. What can I do to make a difference in their life so that they don't have to have that same experience, that they can go beyond that experience? And I, I love that this business model for you has come from a place of not only personal experience, but ultimately genuine empathy. You know what it's like to be there. And you want to help these individuals not have to continue to, to struggle with those those feelings. You want to help them step beyond that. And by the way, to do so, you know it's one thing to have clothes on and feel bad about yourself. It's another thing to, to take the clothes off and have confidence. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different yes. level. And, and, so, and we're going to get there in more detail in just a second. But that's incredible that, that you've created this business model from a, a place of personal empathy. I have a lot of respect for that. And I think it ultimately you know, people talk about being passionate about business. I think when it when it comes from personal experience, when it's developed out of personal experience, that passion is going to be much more obvious. Not only that, but I think it creates a certain amount of sustainability as far as the energy that we can bring to that business. Because again, it comes from a deep emotional place. And in this case, mm-hmm. it's focused on serving others, taking care of others, which I think is a beautiful thing as well. So props to you for that.
1: Thanks, friend. I I don't know. I just... I want to, I'm just a lover of people. I find people to be sacred and I am, that's why I love weddings so much. Like mm. people's experiences and their celebrations are just, people deserve to be honored and seen and feel affirmed. And um, hopefully I can just be one voice that is kind of helping people feel that way throughout our experience together, whether it's through their wedding photographs or um, through boudoir. Um, it's just, it's just, just a passion of mine because I yeah. know when make, people make me feel seen, I'm like, Oh my God, thank you so right? much. Yes. I needed that, you yeah. know? Um, so I'm, but, I'm glad that that's coming through and speaking. Oh, 100%, truly.
0: And, and knowing your heart, the little bit that I do, I, I can, I think, again, it's so cool that I can tell you, you have, you, you know what it feels like to feel good as a result of an interaction with somebody. And you want to give that same experience back. And I'm attempting to do that in, in various ways as well. I, I, we're on the same track here, very much tracking. I get where you're coming from and I love it. I, I love, I see your heart. I love your heart. And I think that your clients or potential clients are going to see that as well. And then, you know, the whole process of quote unquote sales doesn't really come across so much as sales is just this person <laughs> who wants to help which I think is a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing as well. It makes, especially for those of us who are less apt to be salespeople, quote unquote, it makes that whole process a lot easier too.
1: And when I'm speaking with clients and walking them through the experience and getting into our consultation and kind of walking them through how the process works, um, I use a lot of language that um, encourages them to invest in themselves and invest in this experience. Um, And I do a lot of focus on explaining that half of the investment is how you're going to feel in the studio and Uh, how you're going to feel during your session. mm -hmm. Half of this part of this and this investment you're spending on yourself, it may be a a The end result might be a gift for your partner or an album or something of that nature. But that time in the studio where you're getting dolled up and we're getting to know each other and then you step in and I've got all these beautiful outfits laid out for you. And basically I tell them half my job is just going to compliment you for an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, I think that is a part, a huge part of what I focus on Mm -hmm. um, when I am contacting with clients because Mm -hmm. I want them to know that it's not just hey, I just want to sell you this album, get in here, click, click, boom. But more of like, I want to walk you through feeling this way. And I want to give you permission and help you give yourself permission to feel that way. And on top of that, you're going to get beautiful images that you could keep in a beautiful print box or grab a gallery or give a gift to your partner. Um, I think a lot of traditional boudoir um, has been very partner focused Hmm. um, and very much about You know, a lot of usually strictly very like female identifying people coming into studios and getting sexy photos for the first time. And it's like that's I want to reveal it to my husband on my wedding day kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And while that is beautiful and can be honored, I think that that leaves a lot of people out of the conversation that should be in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, it is not just about creating a gift for my client to give somebody. I want this experience to be the gift that they're giving themselves. And then that extra thing is just something that they get to give Bay as an extra. Cause like I did this thing. Mm. Um, and so when I speaking of the sales kind of part of that, it is definitely, um, a little bit more of an encouragement of like reward yourself, invest in yourself. Um, and I try to be really careful to ensure that I'm presenting that in an ethical way and pr- practicing, practicing ethical sales with my clients because I don't ever want them um, to feel like I'm trying to play on their emotions to like push a sale. It is genuinely, a mm. I want you to feel good and to enjoy this and to see this as something that's for you. And then you get something extra instead of maybe coming in and like, oh, I'm just doing this because my husband wants beautiful photos or my partner wants sexy photos of me, that kind of thing.
0: Wow. I think we could maybe do a whole podcast episode just on ethical sales. That's interesting that you use that word. I'm going to leave that alone though, because we have such a deep topic to, to, to get into. Like we'll, we'll set that aside and maybe come back okay. to episode three.
1: <laughs> well, I'll be back. I'll be back.
0: Okay. Perfect. Perfect. I, I do want to highlight, uh, we were talking about your boudoir brand, and I want to highlight your your website here. For everybody listening in, if you go to JessicaHuntPhotography.com, I've actually got this pulled up on the screen for those who are live streaming. By the way, anybody who is live streaming with us on com slash PhotogsEdit or Facebook.com slash Podcast, please don't hesitate to say hello, chime in, send us a funny emoji, ask a question, make a comment. We'd love for you to be engaged in the conversation. We're looking out for those comments, so please don't hesitate to do so. But on at JessicaHuntPhotography.com, just like it sounds for everybody listening in slash boudoir photographer. And of course, just by going to um, the galleries, you can, you can actually see it down, or excuse me, com slash boudoir-photographer. You click on galleries and you can scroll through and see Jessica's beautiful work here. But Jessica, at the top, the thing that I wanted to highlight, um, because we talk a lot about this on, on the book of podcast is brand position. Inclusive, intimate South Carolina boudoir sessions to help you feel radiant, embodied, And beautiful. Will you kind of break this down, this position statement down for us? By the way, super, super descriptive, colorful brand position statement. I love that. But break it down for us. Give us give us what this means from your perspective as you were writing this out.
1: Okay, so first caveat is I have an incredible copywriter who is on my team. Okay, shout out. (laughs) (laughs) Her name is Kirsten with Going Ultraviolet. You can find her at goingultraviolet.com or goingultraviolet on Instagram. She is incredible and actually the person who taught me about ethical sales. So circling back to that. Yeah. But um, those words and kind of what I wanted to display in that is first... Um, that this is an intimate thing that mm. this is not um, something that you're going to be doing in some huge co-working space and someone might walk in and come in you're safe here mm. um, that's one of the big things um, and then inclusive is ensuring that every person knows that they're welcome in front mm-hmm. of my lens mm-hmm. um, you will see that there are not a lot of descriptors of um, feminine um, like fem presenting people it is usually humans bodies people because anyone no matter their gender identity or their chosen pronouns or any of that is welcome. Um, so I wanted to make sure that not only black and brown folks knew that they were welcome here, but non-binary friends and some I love the the phrase the they's, the gays, the thems, you know, um that kind of idea that it is this is not just for um maybe that what we all when we think like close your eyes think about boudoir in the nineties. It's one woman, it's a certain sure. type of lady kind of. I don't thing. know
0: if I want to like think about boudoir in the- Yeah, exactly. Don't close your eyes.
1: (laughs) But you know what I mean. (laughs) No, I just Um, And then the luxury part was for me to ensure that I was placing in the client's mind from the start that this experience is not your $250 boudoir experience. Um, this is an investment. It is definitely something that you, I have clients who are in payment plans that last from six to eight months um, where they make payment plans wherever they're comfortable based around their pay period and their okay. pay schedule. Um, so that's one thing that I want. I like to you know, be very upfront and very clear with um, anyone who contacts me, where my pricing is again, that goes back to my um, um, deep belief in eth- ethical sales. I'm never okay. trying to sell someone something that I know they can't afford. Um, sure. And so, it those kind of words, the the luxury is definitely meant to speak to pricing and inc- and, and educate clients. But when we start, inclusive is definitely meant to make sure that everybody feels welcome. Um, And then the intimacy is just trying to make people feel safe. And then talking about radiant images is I sometimes believe that – not sometimes believe. I believe that boudoir can – the space can be very overpopulated with like that very intense, sexy, like – black lacy I'm so model face this is like top 10 x-rated sex content kind of thing you know to to the point in some
0: ways that it's almost kind of humorous like it's become so cliche and predictable that it's it's almost humorous in some ways it
1: doesn't it doesn't it feels like it's just a body is there and not a person Mm, sometimes um and I think that speaks to Um, You know, uh, us living, especially when this is speaking about women's bodies, we live in a patriarchal society, women's bodies have been turned into just simply objects. Uh, throughout the history of the world. Um, And so I think that is something that plays into that. So I wanted those words to speak to. I want you, a person in front Mm. of my camera to receive radiant images of yourself that you shine through in. So yeah, we're going to make those really gorgeous, fun, really sexy things if you really want to. But I also want to capture my um, clients real smiles and that real smirk. Um, yeah.
0: Heaven forbid you actually smile when you've got a right? on. Yeah. And I, I don't, right, I don't right? quite understand that thought process either, but yeah, that's I, I, in it's, that I don't, in that I don't understand why we've avoided that so much. Like what's right. wrong with smiling with and being
1: joyful on? and, yeah, yeah. and being like, uh, open and free and happy. It's mm-hmm. always like, Hey girl, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's It's yeah. like, that's all you see usually. Yeah. So um, that doesn't really fit with my personality. If you guys are watching this, you obviously can see that I'm a quite the colorful person and very into self-expression. <laughs> yeah. um, if I love you are by the way, on... that
0: you've got that matching light behind you too. I, I'm pointing behind me like this. I have a bright orange light. You've got the matching purple light, light with your pink light with your hair. I, it's brilliant. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks, friend. It's all about the branding. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, I, I for... need something black in the
0: background, right? Just to match my, I know. my black shirts.
1: <laughs> or you should just like live cast in black and white. Cause that's all you post, Nathan. We oh, all know true. it's just like Nathan and black and white. That's your centers. brand.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, So, uh, oh, going back to the radiance, um, just wanting to kind of brand position into this is not just about like really super sexualized photos or coming in here and feeling super sexualized in any way, but I want to capture you. I want you to smile. I want you to have a great time again, that celebration of yourself, um, And I also think it also gives people a little bit of permission to, if they don't think boudoir is for them because they have only seen those very sexualized images that opens up the permission to like, if you're not the super sexy person who is like giving like sexy eyes to your partner across right. the room all the time, <laughs> right. you know, some relationships, some people are just not like that. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like the traditional boudoir spaces at times can neglect to honor those people and those clients who maybe may not feel um, that, that level of openness with their own sexuality or sure. even want to be there with their own sexuality. And so that's why I wanted to speak to um, this is you, I want pictures of you mm-hmm. beautifully radiating back in images. And that doesn't just have to be like, Oh, man, that's so hot. 10 out of 10 fire emoji, fire emoji, fire right. emoji kind of thing.
0: Agreed. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. In fact, I didn't even expect the conversation to go that direction. But I'm, that that kind of nuance that element of boudoir photography, the tendency to go all serious duck face, Got a mm-hmm. you, know, d- you know deadpan at the camera. I I'm I'm glad that you're kind of trying to break away from that stereotype a little bit as well. The variety is nice, and there are some really beautiful smiles behind some of these images that I think paired with you know beautiful lingerie or otherwise is, it could be incredible. And mm-hmm. we're just kind of leaving that out for the sake of just again following that stereotype, which mm-hmm. kind of leads me to my next question. And and this is something that you highlighted in leading up to our conversation today, which is kind of a tendency or this tendency toward a stereotype really which is to highlight in boudoir photography and when you go to photographers websites uh, certainly when you you know you see at least back in the old days i don't know how much it's actually done anymore but like the victoria's secret you're walking through the mall and you see victoria's secret and there's a particular look this kind of traditionally quote-unquote traditionally attractive individual in most cases female um, that is being portrayed a particular body type and mm-hmm. You you said that that there is this kind of, or at least what you alluded to, is almost this fine line uh, that some are towing to the extent of body shaming, and yeah. so I'm I'm curious to delve into that and maybe to give context to the conversation. You can define that phrase body shaming. How do you define that personally?
1: Okay. For me, with body shaming, I kind of see that um, wrapped up really in the same term as fat phobia. Um, I think those two things are like really closely interchangeable. And I think that we currently operate and live in a society where fat phobia is very pervasive. Mm. Um, We see that in how fat folks are treated differently, um, especially um, people, black folks who are are fat are treated differently. Um, Someone on the podcast may be like, is she saying fat? right now that's so rude it's not rude fat is not a bad word we'll start there that's fat phobia telling us that Mm. fat is bad and in in, in instantly negative when we think fat all of us go oh i don't want to be that oh i hope someone doesn't call me that what if they do it's okay if you're fat you're still beautiful fat is not inherently ugly or bad we've Mm. been taught that it is and so I don't think a lot of photographer boudoir photographers are intentionally leaning into those things. But since it is so pervasive in our society, just like what you're talking about, um, when we're presented with the most beautiful of people, uh, quote unquote, the most beautiful of people, all of them are very thin, hmm. all of them present very perfect makeup, great hair, um, well styled, well dressed, the perfect skin tone, all of those things, which often we look at in American culture, like maybe celebrities is a great example of this, where those people spend thousands of dollars a month to maintain that look and appearance of mm. themselves, whether it's skin from skincare to hiring personal trainers to having a stylist who knows how to dress their body flawlessly, mm. um, and so that I have is a stylist so... that
0: picked out my black t-shirt, by the way, today. Before. And they
1: pick out the best black t-shirt <laughs> v-neck for you every time, Nathan.
0: <laughs> don't come for me, Jill. It, don't come for me, Jill. Um, uh,
1: so I think that that is very pervasive already throughout our culture. Um, this comes into a lot when we start talking about diet culture and um, when we talk about how um, you see, um, you know, ads for diet supplements and Mm. all of these people are thin and smiling and having a good time and Mm. they're having fun. And it's like it kind of reinforcing this idea that like you have to look that way to have fun or you need to take that supplement so you can have good friends and be able to go to Cabo and get the fancy drink or whatever. Um, Fat phobia is so pervasive and in so many different parts of our culture. Mm. And so I think that is really something that I've been trying to learn a lot about and reject in my own head, um, especially with things like when I put on some clothes and I can see my stomach and there's a little roll there. My first thought, because I am a 27 year old woman who grew up in the early 2000s when Paris Hilton was wearing like size double zero jeans right. at the bottom of her hips on that very stomach and like anything else was not acceptable Mm. um thankfully this conversation and the conversation around fat phobia and diet culture has moved so far from then now here in 2021 we are having open conversations about what i like to call and what a lot of educators call body acceptance so instead of like this idea of um it is we're being body positive which means it's okay if you're fat Body acceptance is, it's okay if you're fat. We love that. (laughs) Get over here. You're gorgeous. Mm. You know, because body positivity can kind of lean into fat phobia a little bit in times because you're saying, I'm being body positive because what? You're fat, right? Mm. Instead of us really looking at it as, okay, you have some extra pound on you let's go. You're gorgeous. You're perfect. And that really requires a lot of rejection of all of these different things that we've been taught. Um, You mentioned Victoria's Secret. I think I saw on um, recently that they just approved their first ever plus size model and she wears a size six jeans. The The average woman in the United States of America wears a size 12 to 14. That means that every single average woman is, quote, unquote, plus size in the fashion Mm. community. Mm. And so that bleeds into so many other parts of our lives. And so I think at times when I'm looking through, I'm circling back to boudoir photography and how this all kind of intertwines, is when we're looking at boudoir images and photographers are only posting a certain type of couple a certain type of client that is subscribing to those very eurocentric thin blonde white very like perfect body standards one they're saying to other clients that don't look like that that you don't deserve these type of photos and they're reinforcing the idea that this is beauty Hmm. real sexiness and beauty is this when sexiness and beauty can look in a, a myriad of different ways, sure, we sure. just have to give each other the permission um, and even maybe in ourselves, unlearn those negative when we see someone you're like, oh, um, I got this a lot as a kid and uh, trigger warning for any of my fellow ladies that might be listening to this. Oh, I mean, at least you got a pretty face.
0: Oh, jeez, um, Yeah.
1: Heard that a lot when I was growing up. Um, wow. I've heard it throughout my adult life, honestly, a few times. Wow. And that really speaks to the idea of like, you're a pretty butt, right. you know? And right. so I think that that can be reinforced, unfortunately, through some of the images that... um brands are photography brands are constantly posting and not posting any other type of body because women or people may be following those accounts for, oh, maybe I want to get that done one day. But if they follow that account, say for a year and they see 25 out Instagram algorithm is not working for all of us, they see 25 of those posts. If all 25 of those posts is not one person who looks like them, how does that make that person feel? Probably not great. Are they going to ever hire that photographer? Probably not. So not only are we not serving these people who are viewing this work and, you know, encouraging negative self-talk possibly by the viewers on our work, but we're also cutting ourselves off from clients who deserve to be seen and photographed. Um, And so that's how in my head kind of our overarching societal problem with fat phobia, diet culture and body shaming kind of has bled into this industry. Mm. Um, And that just tends to happen just like with white supremacy has bled into every part of all of our lives and on, every part of industry because we live where we live and that's just a like systemic racism is here and we're you know having these conversations of finding that and um, identifying it and trying to root it out um not to minimize that struggle or that conversation at all. But I think we can, you know, give a mirror comparison to the same idea of these patriarchal societal structures that are saying, you have to look a certain way, you have to be a certain type of person, you have to have the right body so you can be sexy. And that oftentimes is based around very Eurocentric, thin heterosexual beauty standards. And so that's kind of my long-winded and very <laughs> convoluted thoughts on. Oh, not how convoluted all of, at all. Okay. I hope that was clear how all of that kind of comes together for me and my head around um, running a brand that is pushing body acceptance mm-hmm. um, and rejecting fat phobia, rejecting body shaming um, and anything that could kind of pervasively reach into the experience in that way.
0: So I, I, um, a couple of things and I'm trying to figure out which, what, what, like, where to start. Sorry, the first uh. thing. No, no, it's good. You, you said a lot, so there's a lot to, to kind of respond to. So, the, one of the first, one of the things you mentioned that that really grabbed my attention. You said that by by presenting these kind of stereotypical, quote unquote, beautiful images or traditionally beautiful subjects, that we're we're actually asserting to those potential clients that they don't deserve to have such photos. I, I guess I would naturally push back there because, and, and this is where I'm, I'm curious to get your take too, the difference between actual body shaming where I, I think less of you because not you specifically, anyone, mm-hmm. think less of somebody else because of the way that they look. And you, know, you brought race into this earlier and there are some interesting kind of comparisons that we can make in this conversation. But I look at this other person, they look a particular way and I say or categorize them, whether internally or externally, as less than in some cases, could it not just be as simple as say this photographer is particularly drawn to individuals who look this way. And so that's the type of photography that they're wanting to display. There's no ill intention involved. They don't think that anyone else is less than this is just their, their preference. Can we really go to the extreme of saying that this, this photographer, these photographers are actually saying that they don't deserve such photos?
1: I don't think that it is. Um, I don't want to present this as a, Photographers are out here like making this message on purpose. Um, I think it's a little bit, it's much more nuanced than that. I think it's more of the idea that when we are constantly only posting those type of photos and only interested in shooting those type of clients, that uh, in and of itself is exclusionary. Um, And I think what you were getting into a little bit was with preference. You know, maybe a photographer prefers to work with those type of clients. And I want to push back and say why. What's better about a thin person to photograph? Is it more beautiful to you? Is that internalized fat phobia, possibly? Well,
0: yeah, and I guess the the logical response there would be, well, but some, some are drawn to those physically. If we're talking about physical attraction to an individual and their preferences, some are drawn to those who are thinner. Others are drawn to those that are heavier. I mean, personal visual preferences are a very real thing. And so I don't know. We could go that direction with it. Is that not fair, or do you do you not think so? I don't
1: think that's fair because I don't think it would be um, appropriate or professional for a photographer to ever determine the attractiveness of their client, or even allow themselves to think about that. Hmm. Um, I don't allow myself. I am a queer woman. Um, I don't allow myself to ever any to entertain any type of any type of thoughts or ideas of sexualizing my clients in that way or yeah, becoming me, attracted let, to them?
0: Sure. L- let me, let me jump in here just to, just to be clear for the sake of conversation. I'm not, I'm not talking about sexual thoughts. Um, when, when, when we look at photography as a kind of a broad, uh, art form, if you will, a craft, there are, if, if I look, I mean, I there's countless times over the last 20 years in the photography industry that I've said, this particular scene is beautiful to me. And this mm. particular photograph is doesn't look good and here's why and I can I can list particular mm-hmm. reasons why I'm just talking about observation of a particular photograph and saying mm-hmm. this particular photograph is a, is attractive to me because dot 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 here, here that you know here are the bullet points as to why I'm not talking about sexualizing somebody or having you know building some fantasy internally I just want to make sh- to make that very clear distinction
1: um I think that's where I, I definitely I hear you on that what I guess I'm trying to get into is I don't think it's appropriate as- Appropriate for us as boudoir photographers to be entering any type of thought of this is attractive to me okay. or I like this. Um, when you're describing, I like a photo that's well done and it's a beautiful um, scene and it's very well taken, that's a gorgeous photograph. I think that's different than the perspective of. I prefer to look at bodies that look like this. Mm. That's, I think, is the nuance of maybe impersonally inside, these photographers need to, all of us, myself included, everyone needs to ask ourselves, why are we more attracted or more interested in photographing those those subjects Mm. now is it you do that internal work and you find yourself you're like genuinely I really just love photographing really athletic people who can do like these awesome poses and I'm trying to make really dramatic amazing backbending boudoir photography I think that's absolutely appropriate
0: (laughs) but what I backbending boudoir photography there's a brand position statement for you (laughs)
1: look somebody do it get some aerialists start doing uh, er- oh, I've, I've seen some Pinterest poses that I'm like I don't even think I could at my most very most flexible gotten yeah. into that yeah. um, so that is not what I'm talking about I definitely don't think that um we are having a conversation of the like a maybe your target market but more mm-hmm. of an internal question of asking yourself before you take that brand position mm-hmm. why do you feel that way and I think that everyone we all need to um, you know, explore those things, just like unconscious bias, really. Mm. Um, Just like, um, you know, we kind of loosely mentioned how the nuance of race also plays into this and how marginalized communities who are also fat experience far more harm in this space than, say, myself, who is just a a mid-sized white woman. Um, But I think we just have to be careful about tossing it up to just preference and not diving into why do you have that preference? And every, every person can decide this for themselves. Um, This is definitely not for me to judge of anyone, or I think appropriate for us to judge of any photographer, but I hope this conversation, if a boudoir photographer is listening to this and does find themselves only photographing um, maybe that Eurocentric, very standard definition of beauty, ask yourself, why you're so attracted to that and maybe why those same clients keep coming back to you, it's probably because you're only posting those same type of clients. Sure. You get hired for what you post. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um but I don't I, I don't I don't want to um definitely reticent to put any type of negative connotation like people are out here body shaming on purpose. I definitely think it's yeah. far more nuanced than that. And I think it's way more about how we all are um, navigating these conversations within ourselves and mm. learning about, you know, that unconscious bias when it comes up, why did I feel that way? Or, Hmm, why am I, why do I think it's more attractive if, um, a woman looks like this and doesn't look like this, you know, that kind of thing, especially within a business sense. Um, oh, sure. so that's kind of how a little bit more, not, excuse me, no, um, um, Accusations of photographers out here hurting people or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I, that is not where I'm going. I think more of just encouraging the idea of let's dive into how you feel about bodies and people and mm. um, understanding what fat phobia is and how it affects a lot of what we think and do and diet culture, wellness, all those things. And how could that potentially be playing into the way that you're posting, who you're photographing and what you are inspired by is a good one
0: sure yeah that makes sense yeah it, it's interesting how again the parallels between this conversation and race because it, it seems like at the, at the root of and i'm going to oversimplify and I'm, I'm saying this up front just for everybody listening and watching i'm going to oversimplify <laughs> for a second but at the root of of both the conversations of race and um, what we're talking about here body positivity especially as it relates to boudoir photography it, it seems as though i mean to take it back to the very beginning of our conversation jessica your heart at the root of this is to create a loving environment for your clients where they feel safe, where they feel good. And, and of course they're going to feel good because again, you were, you are taking care of them. You are showing them kindness. You were showing them love. And, and of course, yes, the context of a professional environment. But I, I mean, as cliche as it sounds at the end of the day, I, I would hope that we're all in some way trying to love others, whether mm-hmm. in our personal lives or professional lives, showing them kindness in one form or another. and, what we're talking about here, again, at the very oversimplified, but at the very root level is about showing kindness and care and love, which incorporates acceptance in in the context of boudoir photography. When it mm-hmm. comes to, to race, a lot of the conversation there at the very root level, we're talking about treating everyone, regardless of skin color. With love and care and kindness, and I mean, acceptance is, is almost like a—it's an obvious thing. If, if you—if yeah. <laughs> you love somebody, if you're if you're going to show kindness, of course you accept them for who they are, regardless of how they look or talk or otherwise. And um, so that—that's at the root. And mm-hmm. you're right that there are kind of these. In many cases, I think, and and you know, the conversation around race in the last year, year and a half, there have been kind of broad generalizations made. Um, and reference to groups of people who, to your point, in, in, in the context of, of boudoir photography, photographers aren't intentionally trying to body shame anyone. M- much like I think a lot of white people, at least in the U.S., were not intentionally behaving in a racist manner. And yet there is nuance to the conversation. There are certain biases, conscious or unconscious. And, um, and, and really, I think a lot of times just a lack of understanding or a lack of empathy and a lack of education, certainly. For sure. And so the conversation is more nuanced. And that's why we need to be able to have these kind of back and mm-hmm. forths like this. Uh, because there is, there's room for growth, especially in the, in the, kind, in the context of, of what feels like a kind of a tense, maybe sensitive conversation. As long as we're keeping an open mind and the goal is kindness, the goal is love, then there's room for the conversation. There's room for learning, for education. There's room for growth. And ultimately, there's room for connection. And uh, Andres, it says uh, coming from YouTube. He says, "Hopefully, Kanye's becomes more popular." And yeah, I would I would agree, Andres, very much so. I'm um, I, so well. I appreciate you <laughs> listening in and commenting as well. But let me let's continue this, and because I want to, ultimately, I want to understand what this looks like on a practical level for your business. And, and let's actually start prior to the shoot, before the shoot even begins. What are certain things that you're doing to help set this tone on the website? Maybe in social mm-hmm. media, in the comp- maybe mm-hmm. and even emails or or DMs, text messages previous to the shoot. How are you beginning to create this environment for those that are going to work with you?
1: So, um, we'll we can start from website and we'll go from there. Um, on mm-hmm. the website, you will see language right above where clients would put their contact form that um, says something along the lines of. Um, every inch of skin, every pound, every mark, every bump, every pimple, all of these things that we may consider laws are welcome here. Um, so we start the conversation with me letting these couples kind of know that, not couples, I keep saying couples because I'm a wedding photographer, sorry guys. <laughs> um, every time I talk about photography, I'm always saying couples. Um, yeah, I actually see the-
0: this right here on your site. For those of you listening in, I just pulled it up. If, if you're streaming live with us, you'll see this, but it says your body is worth celebrating, all of it, every part of you that makes you unique. Yes, even the wrinkles, dimples, freckles, rolls, and the things you feel self-conscious of. And this is on Jessica's website, Photography com
1: so that is the kind of the start the conversation of i accept you and you're coming into a safe space and sure. also starting with a conversation off with these things that you may be considering flaws that you're already as you type your contact form in about boudoir photography i don't know i want to do this <laughs> and you're thinking about those things yeah. they're welcome here mm. let it go let it go they're here they're, that's okay um that starts on the website. A lot of the community that I'm building is on Instagram. Um, you can find my boudoir brand Instagram at J Hunt um, and a lot of the conversations. I'm popping that
0: up on screen too for everybody who's who's watching. But yeah, at J Hunt Bodies, we'll link to this in the show notes too, Jessica, for everybody that's listening to the audio version.
1: Awesome. Um, a lot of the conversations I'm having with my community there through stories and in the captions is a lot of encouragement of accepting yourself Mm. right now. Mm. Um, I, when I first started that account, excuse me, when I first started that, excuse me, When I first started that account, um, I shared my own journey um, about how I worked really hard and was in the gym six days a week, and I lost 60 pounds, and then COVID happened, and I gained half of it back, and I had that epiphany moment of like, why am I beating myself up? I'm the same woman. I can feel just as confident and beautiful and happy Mm. if I would just shed this, this barrier right here. So I shared that to start um, the the conversation off with that community and have continued to have conversations like that via the Instagram stories, just to um, kind of just encourage the community to be constantly challenging themselves to whether you're just watching these stories and you might hire me one day or you're a brand new viewer and you've never seen them, anything like that, um, just having those conversations about body acceptance, loving yourself no matter what. Um, and me being open and vulnerable about what I didn't feel comfortable about and still wanted to get photos done anyway. Um, and so that's one thing on the social media. Another thing is, um, very openly and proudly sharing all types of people and bodies all over, um, my social media and especially in Instagram. Um, if you go onto the stories today, I have got, um, some previews from a session I just did two days ago with one of my, one, a client of mine and she, it, look at her. She's just, she's, she's literally knocking it out of the park, full nude with just a sheet and Her body is not one you would typically probably see um, with boudoir photography that's openly celebrated and open. And so I'm constantly posting content just like kind of what you're showing to our live viewers now um, to encourage people that, hey, you're welcome here. If you look like this, you can be celebrated. And so that's just another reinforcement. Look at her smile come through. Look at her; she's she's beaming. That joy, that confidence—it's yes. it's the it's it's a magical experience to be in the studio watching someone come alive and feel confident and beautiful. It is it is so fulfilling and rewarding. Um, and I have to say so,
0: too, for everybody who's just listening, to the audio version. By the way, follow us at Boca Podcast, B O K H Podcast on Instagram, so you can keep up with when we're doing these live streams. Of course, we push out the audio afterwards, but you can join in and see the visuals, engage with us, ask questions, make comments. Um, And of course, you'd be seeing what what we're looking at here. But we're looking at this. We were talking earlier about the significance of that smile, actually encouraging clients to smile during their session. And here's this beautiful smile. And uh, so that's what I was saying. Look at that because it's exactly what Jessica was talking about earlier.
1: Yeah. So it all comes from just using that language at the start with our our website, enforcing those same ideals and continuing to have those conversations with the community on Instagram via stories and constantly posting um, bodies that I know our real bodies and other women look like and celebrating those. Um, One of the things I've been really working on is um, whenever I'm posting in the feed for the first time of someone's photos online for the first time they've given me permission to, I encourage the community from stories to go hype that person up in the comments. Mm. And so it's created this community where we're all loving on each other. People are getting compliments on their images from people they'll never meet. They don't know them. Some models have wanted to remain anonymous so people don't even know their handle but they still get to read those comments and kind of enjoy in them so it starts at the website it goes through our community um and then lastly through email when i get an inquiry um one of the first things that i respond to when i get a boudoir inquiry is one of the first lines in my response email is i'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you mm. for taking the first step to reach out and be willing to take and explore doing something this vulnerable. Um, because I that takes a lot of bravery for anybody. I don't care if you are the most fit person in the entire world, stepping in front of a camera with a stranger, someone you may not know, and just like hired them off the internet. That takes bravery. That takes a lot. Okay. <laughs> you know, if you really think about it, like yeah. reaching out to a random woman being like, hey, can I be completely nude in my photos? That's brave. And so I start off all of our conversations with encouragement, empathy, love, and letting them know I'm so proud of you for starting this conversation. Um, when we have our phone consult, that's what I start with as well is thank you so much for reaching out. I'm so proud of you for starting this journey with me mm. because I really think that that speaks to really what's at the heart of this brand, which is that, that total body acceptance of you loving yourself. And that starts with that little bit of, Oh, I shouldn't do this, but I really want to yeah. and sending that first message. That's the first step in body acceptance because. Mm. They gave themselves permission to even reach out and get these kind of photos taken, which I think is – you know, In this society, especially um, when we, we are seeing all of these celebrities and all of those people, that kind of stuff I was talking about earlier, it's it's a radical thing to love yourself. It is a radical thing to love your body and to accept yourself as you are. When every single, there are multi-billion dollar industries built on telling you you aren't enough and that mm. you need to look different, you need to have better skin, you need to put the night cream on, <laughs> we'll put that wrap on when you work out, girl, wear yeah. your resistance back Fans. You know, I'm speaking from a singular cis feminine perspective. So I'm sure you um, could even share a little bit with how you as a man have experienced maybe some of these things where you felt like, dang, like, y'all are coming for me. Do I need to look like that? <laughs> um, I think everyone experienced that no matter your gender, um, or your gender identity. So all of those things. It starts from the website and it goes all the way through our entire experience. And then at the end of their session, I give all of my clients a huge high five, mm. and I am just tell them we just celebrate. Like, do you do you feel good? You did that. You did that. Mm. Um, and so it's definitely a it's it's a start to finish kind of walking them through and keeping that positive, empathetic, proud, and high energy kind of experience so they know that they're coming in to me with someone who I'm excited about their body no matter what it looks like. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's well, kind of the, the, the journey there.
0: So I, I, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about the shoot next, but it it seems like I, I can only imagine that as, as, again, as kind and loving and gracious as you are, that this would almost turn into a therapy session in some cases. Do you find yourself in those situations where the, the individual is just opening up and you end up learning about this thing and that and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. listening or empathizing or otherwise? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it has been really special. Um I, what I do for, I have a... um questionnaire I send after their session to Mm. get some feedback and usually I use that questionnaire and the questions I ask within it to drive the conversation of how I share their images um and so within that one of the first questions is one are you comfortable with me sharing any of this publicly um and they get to have that consent there and then I just ask a lot of different questions how did you feel before how did you feel after is there Mm. anything about yourself that you love more now is you feel differently about boudoir than you did before um and I've just experienced even in the studio um, clients opening up with me like hey I have this scar because this happened to me and da 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 and it's just like it is such a sacred special thing because When people share their lives with you, that is, I mean, that's what this whole human experience is about. You know, people, lives, experiences, um, Mm -hmm. stories. You know, this is why we're here. And so it has definitely been so rewarding to be able to learn more about um, people and also makes me feel really great because I'm like, yes, I'm making them feel safe. That's the whole point, yes. Um, And then sometimes I even find that that encourages me to be more open with them um, Mm. and even more open with the community on Instagram, which has helped attract more people to the brand and so it's kind of like the best snowball effect possible Um, and I think I think I pushed it down the mountain starting off with being really open and sharing my insecurities and how I basically started the post I think the first post I made on that Instagram account was I gained 30 pounds and I took boudoir photos anyway and I think that really started the conversation with like me coming out and you know speaking of this thing that you know most people really don't want to tell anybody. And even now I got a little like tightness in my chest, knowing that this is going to be on a podcast forever. And someone, you know, 10 years from now might hear it. Um, and you know, those are feelings that I have to now, you know, after this, I'm going to think, you know, Hey Jess, why, why are you still feeling that way? There's Mm. nothing about it. Mm. You know, and that's a great example of how, you know, this is a constant journey, just like I know we're going back to that mirror of what we're all, um, working through as a country currently trying to address a lot of these systemic racial problems but i think that also comes back to that unlearning unconscious bias as white folks um and you know pursuing anti-racism it's the same thing pursuing uh, unlearning fat phobia um and so there we go it just happened right here live on the podcast guys (laughs) i have another thing to talk to my therapist about (laughs) um (laughs) but
0: i I truly appreciate your i mean it's it's a vulnerable thing to to post that on Instagram. It's it's an even more vulnerable thing to share live and and allow us to share that live here on the podcast. And I, I do appreciate that, Jessica. I again, I have so much respect for your genuine desire to just help others and and help more specifically help others just feel good and. Um, it, it would be really interesting if we all had a similar focus in our lives in one way or another, whether it's in our in interaction. I mean, I think about my interaction with my daughter who is with me you know, quite a bit of the time right now, my son's up at college. So it's me and my daughter at home and how do the conversations that we have, even if it's about something basic, how do I make her feel in that conversation? Mm-hmm. How do I make my clients feel in the conversations with them? My team, uh, my girlfriend and, and her kids, mm-hmm. what, what am I doing to ultimately make their lives better, even if on a very small, small level? This is something that's been very front of mine as of late, and I have a lot of work to do. But I just have a lot of respect for your intentionality in that, especially as it relates to your business. And and I think yeah. it's a wonderful example for for everybody. I I, I want to respect your time. Just maybe a couple more minutes, if, if you've got yep, a couple minutes. Yeah, totally got it. We're totally okay. <laughs> so so to that end, talk to me specifically about the shoot. Um, you talked and I you you just did a beautiful job of kind of. Describing the lead up to the shoot and what you're doing to, to go ahead and create this environment before the, the session even begins. Um, but I'd love to understand maybe two or three specific things that you're doing during the session to help your clients feel comfortable. And maybe if you don't mind, because you alluded to this, I think ahead of time again in our, our back and forth conversation over Instagram about the the tendency for boudoir photographers to pose those who are maybe a little bit heavier in a way that is whether they're saying it out loud or not, trying to hide the fact. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that and how your approach differs maybe to that.
1: Um so studio experience let's jump into that and then I definitely would love to jump into okay. um that conversation. Studio experiences like so if you're a client Nathan you're coming to J Hunt Bodies you're yeah. here to get your photos Jill yeah. you're welcome you would come in um on a morning either a morning of your choosing we kind of schedule around with our clients and our makeup vendors um you would come in and every single client um standard with their package every package I offer Comes with professional hair and makeup beauty services, not just for women, but also for male grooming. Um, so, if you you actually Nathan came in, you would still yes. get makeup where we would we would you know just anything that would enhance your features. Maybe mm. pull out your brows a little bit makeup my, the makeup vendors that I work with are incredible I have to shave my brows awesome. if I'm
0: honest they, they get super thick so you may not have to pull them out too much <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so we you would have that experience of maybe the first 90 to 60 minutes of you'll be sitting in the studio with your makeup vendors and I would be there too and we're just gonna hang out for a little bit um, this is a great time especially for clients who have never met me for us to just go ahead and get comfortable so they're not cold walking in and being like alright here I am in lingerie never met you before hi yeah. I'm so and so You know, so I'm there kind of, um, I don't, can I cuss on this podcast? Go for it. We kind of shoot the shit, you know what I'm saying? We just like have a little time. yeah. Yeah. Have some good time. Make sure they're feeling comfortable. Um, another part of that is prior to their session, I send a questionnaire asking their boundaries and what they're comfortable with. Um, and so these questions are often, Do you, are you interested in doing any type of nudity or implied nudity? Um, like the kind of the photos we were sharing before, sure. that model, she was totally okay with doing nudity with um, a white sheet kind of covering and things okay. of that nature. Okay. Those questions are asked prior to the session mm-hmm. and never during the session. So there's never a high pressure moment of the client being like, she wants me to get naked, but I don't want to. And I don't know how to say no. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, we never want that to happen. And so we go over all of those consent questions prior to, Mm -hmm. and I, once we go over that, I never ask again. If you say one time, I don't want to share my images online, there's, I'm not going to come back at you with, but I really liked this one. Do you think I could share it really respecting those consent boundaries? Um, in the studio, hair and makeup, we're having a great time getting to know me. Um, I also have a lingerie closet, which um, has... Um, about five or six pieces in every sizing from small to 4X um, that I have purchased. So in case I have a client who isn't someone who purchases a lot of those kind of intimate things, Mm -hmm. um, they have access to a lot of different stuff in my closet and I pull some stuff that I think they would like um, that's within their sizing just to make sure that, one, they don't have that experience of putting on something and then it doesn't fit. That never feels good for anybody. Um, But also the little bit of confidence of like, Jessica knows she's the professional. She knows what looks good. She's not going to put me in something that doesn't make me look good. So Spe- I get speaking to kind of.
0: Kristen's commenting. She's saying, Jess, you're bringing the wisdom. And
1: yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying, guys. Um, Kristen, thanks for, uh,
0: thanks for listening in and commenting, too. And by the way, for yes. anybody who's streaming, we, we have just a few minutes left here, but don't hesitate to, to comment or ask questions if you have any. But Shoot me
1: some questions. Yeah, please, for please sure. Please keep going, Jess. So, we've got that boudoir closet, um, and we'll kind of make sure that the client has everything that they want to wear um, and whatnot. And they're also welcome to bring their own stuff. And then we head into the studio. And the first thing that I do is I set them down on the day that I have, and I say, This is all about consent. Today is about Mm. making you feel safe and Mm. seen and affirmed. Mm. If we do anything that makes you uncomfortable, immediately tell me and we don't have to do it. If you're in a pose you don't like, we don't have to do it. If you're worried about something, just let me know. If you have something you're insecure about and you don't want it to be seen in an image, totally fine. And I immediately give them and set the tone for this yep. is about you. You're in complete control sure. and all of that trust that they have already, I've already built with them. is just tenfold. Cause I'm telling them right here, this I'm, I'm on your side. Hmm. Nothing we do today is going to be about me trying to make a portfolio image or, um, pressure you into doing something that you're not comfortable with um because some people like i said are down like i've had clients who are yeah. like i want to do full nudes i've had sure. other clients who are like can i just wear like jeans and maybe just be topless like i want to be covered up totally sure. fine
0: yeah i, I, so I like that, that you make that distinction about being on their side this is not about you and your preferences and creating your your portfolio uh, to borrow the word but mm-hmm. instead it's about being on their side and creating the best possible experience for them
1: for them, yeah, definitely yeah. making sure that I'm, I'm serving the client before I'm serving my portfolio. Um, all my that. wedding photographers listening, I would encourage you guys to start doing that as well.
0: Yes. Um, I see yes. it a
1: lot in mm-hmm. wedding photography Agreed. of a lot of like, I'll see images on Instagram and I'm like, so did your client ask for that? Or did you just want to get that on the feed? But anyway, I could rant about that and, another and by time. The way,
0: <laughs> and by the way, also those photographers are copying the 300 other photographers that took the same photograph as well so it's
1: not that cute anyway do something else guys (laughs) Um, Uh, but I
0: did get a quick question before we keep going if that's okay yeah Um, absolutely Katrina said and this is a great question Katrina do clients ever not want to use the closet due to COVID how do you handle that
1: so I op- I walk them through um places they can purchase their own lingerie. So kind of one of the parts of the onboarding once they've booked, their retainer is placed, they get that first questionnaire. In that questionnaire, it asks them if they need one if they're comfortable using the boudoir closet. Mm-hmm. And then if they say no, the next question will be do you need suggestions of where to purchase your own lingerie? Cool. And then I will send them um a few different sp- um, sites that I love to get lingerie from and I try and, keep in mind um budgets so i'll send them a few little kind of fast fashion e kind of sites and then i might send them a few um more expensive a little bit more luxury pieces just to give the client the permission to choose what they want um but i haven't run into that yet um i will say that i do live in columbia south carolina and um that's the best way to say this. Uh, <laughs> mm, people around, ra- mm, uh, I'm taking COVID very seriously and we are all taking COVID very seriously. But is. I, Everybody is, but uh, it's the South and the, it's say, not, not as populated Not everybody here. is. Yeah, not yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. is. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't gotten too much questions about that, but if a client doesn't want to use um, Boudoir Closet, then I provide links and help facilitate that. And I even have clients sometimes, I'll encourage them, if you don't know what looks good, Screenshot, oh, sorry. Screenshot all the things you're thinking about buying, email them to me, and I'll tell you which ones I think would look best. We do that.
0: That's okay. And thanks, Katrina. For And shout out to Christina, by the way. Hey, Christina, it's good to see you. But thanks for listening in and, and asking the question. And Andres was, was posting this comment about our earlier conversation around focusing on the client versus our portfolio. This is such a great attitude, he says, and and I agree. Um, I, again, want to respect your time. I think we've got about eight minutes. I'm going to let you go about 5.15, Jessica. So continue, pick, kind of pick up the conversation where we were. So you, you sat them down. You said, look, this is about you everything's about you. This is not about me. I want to make sure that you feel as comfortable as possible. And then where does it go from there?
1: Um, And so then we just begin to move through kind of different poses. Um, I have some standard poses that I know are like kind of really, really simple, easy that I kind of work them into to start. Um, I do the same thing with my couples on engagement sessions. Um, It is a really good way. If like that first 15 minutes, I think any photographer would, will agree the first 15 minutes of usually almost every shoe. Aren't like those moneymaker images. It's getting that person comfortable and ready and into the vibe and that kind of thing. Um, We also have, Personalized playlist for each of our clients. So that's another thing in their questionnaire. They let me know what type of music they like to jam out to. So they've got their music in the background, Mm -hmm. kind of giving them a little bit. And then as we work, we continue just to move through. Usually we get about two to three outfits. Um, I shoot for about 60 to 90 minutes. We usually get about three outfits. And then if they have already consented and, and said, shown interest in any type of nudity or implied nudity, we always do those last when they're feeling their best. like rock star vibes already because it's very hard to start completely nude much easier to end um get warmed up yeah get them warmed up (laughs) and so we just kind of work through that i'm hyping them up the whole time i am just giving them all of the compliments and just kind of staying on their side in that way Mm -hmm. um and then to answer your question that you had had i really do want to get to this with the um the different poses and um hiding bodies um I have seen. I'm I'm proud of any photographer that is doing their best to make everyone feel seen. I want to start with saying that mm. um, that's important and it, it deserves to be recognized. And I'm proud of anyone who's doing that. Um, I want us to, but avoid allowing fat phobia to tell us in our heads while we're shooting with those clients. Ooh, that doesn't look very good. Ooh, I need to turn her a little bit. I think there's something a little different between posing someone in a very flattering angle so they look great and hiding a fat body. Um, and mm. so. What's the distinction? I, I think the distinction really comes to uh, are you trying to make your client feel the best that they can and create a beautiful image? Mm. Or are you really attempting to make sure that in this image you can't see their stomach?
0: For the or, sake of your portfolio?
1: Yes. Okay. Or for the sake of um even could be you're maybe trying to hide that from your client and that maybe is a little problematic cuz they know how they look. They showed up today. Yeah. They know who they are. They know how their body looks. So of course we want to show them the best version and the most beautiful version of that, but I think anyone who is um let's say I think now in our body acceptance conversation, plus size and fat is starting at size 20, 22, 24 and heading up and above. And I do not say those words with any negative connotation whatsoever. Um, I think when we're photographing those those bodies, there is a penchant to try and put them in almost the same pose that someone who is very small in, mm. but then modify it so they just almost look just as small as that other person and don't you know highlight or enhance or um, show. So for example, if I'm photographing and working with a plus size client, um, I work, I make sure I am cognizantly never thinking to myself, I need to hide their stomach. I need to not show that cellulite because that, that would be not honoring their body. And that would be me allowing fat phobia to tell me that doesn't look that good, but Really, actually, it does. I, 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 My brain is saying it isn't. Now, but where that's I have to person. push back,
0: I guess, is there's there's a kind of a funny irony, I guess, in the conversation, because we're trying to to keep an open mind. And yet at the same time, this client may have certain preferences to certain mm. things that they want to show or not show. And you alluded mm-hmm. to that a little bit earlier. So where's the balance between those two things?
1: So I would definitely, I I ask if there is anything that they're not comfortable with. And that is usually when I allow the client to shape how I'm photographing them. So if I do, if I am working with a plus size client and they are feeling really insecure about, um, say their thighs and the cellulite on their thighs, then I'm going to be aware of that and maybe not put them in a, pose or position that immediately they're going to think, "Oh my god, all she can see is my thighs." Sure. But I'm also not going to hide that. So, while yeah, Kristen I'm not gonna- highlighted
0: this quote from uh, that you said earlier, there's a difference between posing someone in a flattering way that makes someone look great and hiding a fat body. Not the same thing.
1: Yeah. So, I think there's a it's again nuanced conversation sure, and so sure. that's that's tough. Um, but that's definitely where I I see some images or for example, we've all seen an image and you you ever seen the like hold the tummy image and she's like being cute. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe that, maybe that client maybe did feel, and I don't know the context of that. Maybe that client did request that. But sometimes I wonder, Hey, like why'd you ask her to, why'd you ask her to hide her stomach? There's nothing wrong with it. Well, show that thing (laughs) off girl. (laughs) You're so beautiful that's a, this that's that's my voice in the studio in case you guys want to know um that's exactly what I sound like yeah. um and so i think that's nuanced um and i think you know we as professionals um i try to keep these conversations really generalized because I don't want to um, find myself in a position of judging uh, the intentions of other photographers or other boudoir photographers. But I do want to have the general conversation of the Mm -hmm. idea of let's not hide your client's bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't need to pose them in a way that makes them look as thin as we can. Um, I never ask my clients to suck it in. I never say those words ever in the studio. I,
0: yeah, Even even say pre this approach to boudoir photography, I cringe at the idea of a photographer saying that to anybody. Like how I demeaning is that? I guarantee you it happens.
1: Oh yeah, it happens. Oh. It happens. So that just you having that visual reaction. Yeah. Imagine being a person in front of a camera in, in lingerie, and knowing that you that. have a stomach. And then your camera, your photographer goes, okay, three, two, one, suck it in.
0: Oh, yeah, no, (laughs) you know,
1: so that's just one very blatant example of how that can kind of get into stuff. But it can be other things like, um, you know, we're only doing photos of you laying on the bed on your stomach. So you're only showing, you know, you're only getting maybe that little bit of cleavage and some booty and we're not, we're completely not even focusing at all um, on any part of the body. I'm focusing on thighs and stomach because that's, those are my insecurity spots, um, transparently um, not calling out anybody or anything like that. But that's kind of where I don't want to judge any photographers. I'm definitely not trying to put any negative connotations on anybody and say everybody is doing this. But I think if we all, um, if we all kind of maybe thought about it a little bit, we would kind of think, yeah, maybe I am doing that. So yeah, this is
0: really, and I think this is part of the purpose of these types of conversations, the food for thought. Like you, you've got me thinking for sure about just kind of natural tendencies, thought Mm -hmm. processes that aren't ill-intentioned, but like, oh, like I've just... I guess I'm kind of conditioned to think this way or that and conditioning. That's the perfect word. Yeah. Taking a step back and asking some, some intelligent questions the way that you have, or bringing some interesting points to light that really starts to beg. If if I'm going to be honest with myself, at least some, some, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like just taking a step back and, and thinking a little bit, questioning my intentions, my thought processes, the motivations behind those a little bit, because uh, I think I could be better for it, whether it's this topic or or, or another topic. I, I think there's mm-hmm. opportunity always to grow and, we can't get there without perspective, and, and perspective yeah. is everything. I, I've learned this. I'm 41, and I'm still learning the significance of perspective. You brought perspective to bear today to our conversation, and I really, really appreciate it, Jessica. I know you've got a client meeting coming up. I, I, wanna, I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to <laughs> say thank you from, fr, from me, but also from our listeners, from those that are viewing, uh, those that will listen to the audio version when this comes out as well. For everybody that is listening in or watching, what you're gonna to wanna to do is go follow Jessica at J Hunt Bodies. And I'm post, posting this up on the screen, the video version, and J Hunt Photos. And then also go to jessicahuntphotography.com. We'll link to all of this in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com as well. But Jessica, thank you so much for doing this to say or doing this today. Andres says, love the video format. Thanks, Andres. we're we're actually still trying to learn the video format too, but Jessica was awesome. Very patient with me today. Thanks for, for listening in. Thank you for making time for all of us, Jessica.
1: Thank you so much for having me and to everybody listening and to you, Nathan, I give all of you guys permission to love yourselves radically today.